Hello, my name is Nicole Van Gelder, and I want to welcome you to Choosing Happily Ever After, a podcast from Joy-Filled Home that focuses on values and practical tools that help us have peace, joy, and confidence so that we can create our own happy homes and lives. No fairy godmothers required. Today we are going to be continuing our series on communication. Good communication skills are necessary for having healthy relationships. So in our last podcast, I gave you my top five tips for having healthy communication, not just healthy, but also happy communication, hopefully. And today we're going to be talking about more practical skills that can help you as you are pursuing to grow in communication. And there is good news, by the way, and it is that communication has more to do with learned skills than natural gifts. So don't worry if you feel like you have not been good at communication in your life, not just large group communication, but even interpersonal communication. That's really what we're focusing on because you can learn skills no matter what age you are, no matter what season in life that will help you to grow in this area and hopefully to flourish so that communication becomes a source of joy and value in your life, not something that's stealing away. Scripture addresses how we communicate, and we're not going to take the time in this podcast to talk about that. Hopefully we will in the future, but it points to the importance of how we use our tongues, how we use our ears to listen to other people, and that communication isn't just something that is supposed to enhance our life, but that is also something that we'll be accountable for because we are given tools and we are given values by the Lord so that we can flourish in this area. So I want to encourage you that this is the day for you to not just grow a little bit or not just be able to communicate, but actually to be able to flourish in communication so that it adds great value to both your life and the lives of the people around you. So some practical tips, skills that are going to help you in communication. An easy tool in theory, and it becomes much more difficult to practice it in your daily life. And it is to use I rather than it or you. Now, another way that my husband and I communicate this to our kids is remember to tell your story, not somebody else's. So when you are communicating, you are communicating for yourself. On rare occasions, we communicate on behalf of other people, but largely our communication is about us. It's coming from us. We are communicating according to the way we see the world, according to our experiences, according to what we need. And so it is not a good idea to try to speak as though we're coming from a different point of view. We're not needing to cast blame on other people. We're not 
needing to put words in other people's mouths. We're not needing to communicate a general truth most of the time. But instead, we need to have the courage to tell our own story when we communicate. This is especially important when there is conflict happening because it turns us from casting blame on somebody else to talking instead about our experience. For example, let's say that you were meeting a friend who has once again been late to your meeting and you've been waiting at the coffee shop for a half an hour and this is the 2700th time that you've had to wait for this person. Now when they come and you are always late, maybe justified, but it is probably not helpful. Consider, if you will, for me, the following scenario that I just described in the coffee shop and you have a friend who is coming to meet you and she's feeling anxious because she knows that she's late and, you know, this thing happened and maybe she's beating herself up. Now I'm not saying that she doesn't need to maybe change to meet with you on time, <laughs> but if she comes up to the table and you say, you are always late, you are putting her immediately on the defensive and the outcome of it is probably not going to be good. Even if she is gracious enough to just go, I know, I'm so sorry. Like you're communicating lean to her. Or you might say something like, obviously you don't value my time. You to create scenarios and put words and put values in other people. And that's just not helpful and it's not necessary. Now contrast that with the same scenario and you, you know, have your friend come in, you wait till she's seated, <laughs> and then you say to her, I feel anxious when you're late because it makes me feel unvalued. It makes me wonder if this relationship is more important to me than it is to you. And you begin talking about the impact that is happening inside of you. You're telling your story. Now, that still may be a difficult conversation, but the tone of it is completely different. And you're not trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, but instead you're sharing your story and then it's going to be up to them to communicate their story to you and to process what you're communicating. Now, the truth is, is that it is much more comfortable to speak in general or to blame people and not use I, not tell your own story. But the reason it's more comfortable is because we allow fear and insecurity to stop us from really being vulnerable. Sometimes in anger, we are blaming somebody or we have been left feeling not very powerful by something somebody did. And so we're trying to feel powerful in our words by placing blame or judgment. But the end result of telling somebody else's story instead of yours is not good because you are not increasing intimacy. You're not allowing somebody to understand what's happening inside of you. You're not being honest. Perhaps you're not being honest with yourself and you're certainly not being honest with another person. So I want to encourage you to try using I statements and to focus on telling your own story. 
you might be amazed at how much this will open up honest discussion and connection in your life with other people. Now, obviously, the level that you open yourself up, vulnerable, vulnerability is a tool, but it's one that should be used with care depending on the circumstance. You don't have to use the same level of vulnerability with everybody, but use it appropriately because the level of intimacy that you have with people is different. A practical formula for telling your story and using I statements is to say, I feel blank when blank because blank. Now, obviously blank means fill in the blank. So I feel worried when you're late because I wonder if something happened to you. I feel misunderstood when this thing happens because of this. You can also add onto this, so I need blank. I feel anxious when it makes me feel unvalued and insecure in our relationship. So I need you to let me know when you're running behind. Like this is drawing a clear boundary, a clear action step for somebody else. But at the same time, you're communicating your story. So I statements is an easy practical tool that you'll be amazed at what an impact it can have. And so I want to encourage you to begin trying on purpose to be focusing on telling your story. Okay. Another practical communication tool is reflective listening. Now I think Reflective listening, hands down, may have changed my home life more than any other in terms of parenting. Because reflective listening is like a magical tool with children, especially when they are upset. But it's also really a magical tool with anybody. And it is especially magical, if you will, when there is strong emotion involved. Or... If you are just confused or needing to be on the same page as another person, it's just really helpful. So reflective listening, it mirrors the statement you just heard. So my three-year-old comes in and she is crying and upset because something happened. And so I ask her what's wrong. And she tells me, it's amazing how if I repeat back what she said, oh, your sister took your toy. Oh, your sister won't let you play with your toy because it's not really your toy. It's her toy. <laughs> oh, like how much just repeating back or, oh, you fell and bumped your knee. Like in those moments of intense emotion, often what people are looking for is just to feel heard, to feel understood, to feel like somebody cares. We don't need to solve the problem. We just need to hear it, to be aware, to be connected to that person as they're going through something. And so reflective listening is amazing for this. And it's so incredible how often just this skill will actually bring peace to somebody. And so you don't even need anything else. It's a, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times this has happened with my kids where they've been upset, there's been strong emotion, and all I've had to do is mirror what they're saying, reflective, practice reflective listening, and it makes them feel okay, and it brings the peace, and it calms them down, and they're able to go on their way completely fine, because they don't actually need me to solve the problem, they just need me to be in the problem for a moment with them. So it's great with kids, but it, it's great for adults too. It's what we all want is to feel seen and heard, right? Again, this is also 
helpful when you're feeling confused, when you're in a conversation and somebody's saying something, but you're not sure you're understanding to begin doing reflective listening, or you need to make sure that you're on the same page as another person. So for example, you're planning something together. Reflective listening can just be incredibly helpful in bringing clarity and making sure that the same thing are being communicated, that you're hearing what's being communicated. And then the last practical tool that we're going to be talking about today is active listening. And what that means is that you are on purpose listening to the emotion of what someone is saying before just trying to hear the words or the content of it. And then you're going to do the same thing that you do in reflective listening, but instead of mirroring the statement that you heard, you're going to reflect the emotion that you heard in a way to bring clarity if you're understanding it correctly. You know, this is the step further than just reflective listening. Reflective listening doesn't take a lot of skill. It's a good skill to have, but it's pretty easy to active listening is something that you need to grow in, you need to put effort towards because you are listening to more than just the words, but you're listening to the content, to the emotion before just the content of something. And this in active listening, you're actually working to draw someone out. You're drawing emotion out of people. You are trying to be a safe place for somebody to process. This is more about listening than it is about speaking, okay? You're not trying to solve a problem. You're not trying to make your own point heard, but instead you are practicing active listening on behalf of the person that you're in the conversation with. You're drawing them out. You are helping them in their process. You are helping them to communicate because of the way that you're listening. This is not something that a lot of people are very good at in my experience. It's not something that I am naturally very good at. It takes patience. It takes focus. It takes the right heart, motivation, and attitude. It takes putting yourself aside and actually focusing and valuing the person that you are communicating with. So telling your own story, practicing reflective listening, and active listening. These are three skills that you can practice and you will find that as you do, that your communication world begins to thrive and grow just with these three skills. Emotions are an important part of communication, but you have to handle them with care, okay? So this is what I mean. Emotions should not be invalidated. We don't need to be afraid of them. They're a big part of who we are. God created us with emotions for a reason, so they're important. We're not supposed to just push them aside and pretend like they don't exist. However, at the same time, emotions are only a part of us and they are not the most important part. They don't get to control or dictate our lives. Instead, we learn to control them. We choose how to behave and respond. And so even though emotions are an important part of communication, it is a very important thing to learn how to not let emotions dictate the style or the content of our communication. We don't have to communicate anger 
spewing out at somebody, even if we're angry. There are skills that we can learn that will help us, including, by the way, the I statement and reflective and all of those things. But just even making the choice to not allow emotions to dictate the way we behave, the way we communicate is the first step. At the same time, as I said, we don't need to invalidate or be afraid of emotions. You don't have to react to somebody else's emotion. Somebody else's emotional state does not actually have to dictate the peace that you feel inside. You don't have to take the bait if somebody is communicating to you in an emotional way. It's still possible for you to respond in a healthy manner and not be afraid of somebody else's emotions, not to be afraid of anger or sadness or whatever it is. This is important across the board. It is important in every personal relationship, in a marriage relationship, in a parenting, in a friendship. It is important. Now, obviously, in a professional setting, emotions is going to have to be handled a little bit differently because it is not always the time or place where it is appropriate. But in your personal patient, you want to learn how to communicate your emotions in a healthy way. And that starts with you responding and owning your emotions in a healthy way. Not letting your emotions control you, but controlling them and allowing them to enhance your life, not dictate it. You know, not all feelings need to be expressed. And some of the feelings that should be expressed should be expressed through actions. Some should be expressed through words. And understand that sharing your feelings can create intimacy. And sometimes that intimacy, as I said, in a professional setting may not be appropriate. But also sometimes as you are trying to share your feelings, you're going to have to learn to be brave enough to communicate your feelings with words, not just expect somebody to understand your emotion, but to be able to express it with words will also help them to be able to receive your emotion without having to try to figure it out themselves. Allow emotions to be a part of your communication, but make sure that you are practicing healthy communication skills across the board so that emotions are just enhancing that, not preventing the ability for healthy and good connection communication with others. All right, I've used up all our time for today. Hopefully some of this has been helpful for you. Next week, we're going to have one last podcast around communication. So I look forward to having you join me for that. But in the meantime, you can find me on social media, Ann Gelder, Joyfield Home, and also on our websites, NicoleVanGelder.com and JoyfieldHome.org. Thank you so much for joining me today and go and have amazing moments of communication with the people around you.